0: Touchdown strike wheel round out of the backfield. Nobody picked up how go it was five yards beyond the defender, and the Spartans have gone up 23-6. Holy cow. I think that's a nice segue right into our uh, fans' finest from Class Clay Creamery. Uh, Peter Haugo is a pretty good vote for me. Derek Hansen in the studio. Jack Michaels on the road getting ready to go to the land of corn in Iowa. Hello, Jack. How are you?
1: Hello, D. Can you hear me okay?
0: I can. You sound great. But isn't that? don't you think our fans' finest that we do every week here, talking about some of the great high school athletes throughout the region. We had you know, some great volleyball uh, going on on Tuesday. We certainly some good candidates there. But, uh, boy, Peter Haugo. Three touchdowns. That was pretty impressive last night.
1: I would uh, submit, I would say that that's a fair guess, but I would also say that Caden Johnson.
0: Oh, that's a pretty good bet, too.
1: West Fargo Cheyenne, who had a pretty good night last night in Mandan, um, man alive, he had one of those Gale Sayers plus additional player type nights where, yeah, 10 total touchdowns, Derek. For Caden and, uh, you know, yeah, you know, Caleb Deer had four receptions, touchdowns. But, yeah, eight passing and two re- uh, uh, rushing, that that could go on to a – that'll be a fan's – uh, judging by all the scores, Derek, I think we could choose about 19 different people for our That's fan's finest this week.
0: That's a very good point. Uh, obviously, Bob Roars with the call last night of the game that he had with Jamestown of Fargo North. Nitty gritty time. The brackets will be out for all everyone now in North Dakota. As but we do have the brackets out for nine man and A ball. And tomorrow we got uh, Kindred hosting Harvey Wells County. So it's the old Vikings versus the Hornets. They're still the Hornets, right? Harvey, they got the rest of Wells County with them. I do believe they're the Hornets. Did they say?
1: So. I'll I'll have to double check on that whole thing. My dad, you know, Todd and Harvey. You really? Know, so there's a yeah. There's a soft spot for for Harvey for me. Yeah, my. The old story. My father taught uh, uh, Sue Risvitt in high school. Oh, really? Uh, yep. Yeah, Larry, old, our, our Uncle Larry Risvitt's wife. Yep. Wife too. Yep. And my dad taught a guy named Ralph Hager.
0: I've heard of him in high
1: school. <laughs> so probably well, one of the most
0: famous Harvey Hornets that there are, right?
1: <laughs> I, I would say so. And then I've had uh, I've had cousins in high. The Sandys are cousins of mine. So you know the brothers one one co. One one pretty much developed some pretty nice velva programs in high school football, and the other in, in Harvey and whatnot. So yeah, there's a I got a lot of Harvey. That said, I think their work has cut out for him, Derek, uh, tomorrow against Kindred. But we'll see.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Vikings having another great season. Bob Roars with the call on that one coming up tomorrow afternoon here on KFGO. Then pretty good day on KFGO. We got high school foot, playoff football, and then UND hockey tomorrow night here on the Fan. Tonight's und game is going to be over on KFGO tonight, and we'll have uh, baseball, where one league likes to win on the road, and one league likes to win at home. <laughs> and it's kind of, it's kind of home sweet home for the uh, for the old uh, uh, American League, and it's I should say National League, and then of course it's all about being on the road in the American League. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, it is. Uh, and next week we should probably give our buddy Chuck Morgan, the Hall of Fame, legendary voice of the ballpark there in Arlington. 30-year voice of that. We may have to give him a call and ask him what's going on. I know it's not because of the the presentation and the setup and, the, and what he does. He he puts out a great show uh, there. So, yeah, what is it with Texas? They can go on the road and knock people around. Now Houston goes on the road and, and is winning there. So, yeah, yeah. We'll, I can't wait to see how this thing plays itself out. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, so that's going on. Obviously a big weekend in college football. We mentioned that you're heading down to Iowa, which is you know, pretty good tilt you got Indiana State at home next week so this is a, a pretty good you know you expect to win that game but this is a tricky game for UND coming off a very emotional dominant win over their rivals to the south
1: yeah and I'm gonna go through that the the um speaking of the road you just brought it up with the American League and and the one thing that that has eluded uh North Dakota I think uh, consistently is is it wins on the road and, and big wins on the road. So I don't need to tell Bubba that. I mean, I'll bump into him here in a little bit. He they know. Um, so that that's the challenge, you know. That and maybe Derek. It's easy to after a, a large emotional win a week prior. Uh, the fact that you haven't been able to consistently get those big wins on the road that could be the difference between a you know a low seed in the FCS playoffs or even getting, getting into the F- to a middle upper type seating on that. And, and the difference lies within being able to win on the road. They're what 23 and two in their last 25 games at home, but the road hasn't been as friendly. So yeah, they, maybe it's not, you know, maybe it's easy to push last week behind going, you know what, fellas, we got to win and we got to do it on the road. And we got to do it against Northern Iowa. And it's their homecoming. And they, and they just got pummeled by South Dakota state. And when they don't turn it over, they're going to beat you. If they do, a lot of times they don't. So it'd be easy to put this one in perspective now to execute it. That's a whole other game plan. That's why I'm glad I get to sit up with a headset on and and, and call it. These guys are going to be fighting. And I do have to say, Derek, and I, I'm curious about, I'm assuming you were growing up a hunter and, and all that. I, I'm just going to assume maybe you went out in the field.
0: Um I have a story about that. My my dad obviously loves sports, so he got me into that, and he tried yeah. tried to get me into hunting. And he admits to this day, like instead of getting me addicted to fishing when I was younger, like with sunfish, you know, as Kyle Agri from Brewer and Agri always says, the tug is the right. drug, right? Right. And uh, <laughs> and uh, my uncle, God bless him, you know, they would take us out hunting. They didn't make it real fun because they're they're pretty gung ho, right? So when you're a kid. <laughs> And you're just, it seemed like work, and you're cold, and you're miserable, and you know, you know I'm just, I, I never really got into it, and when dad knew I wasn't going to be his hunting buddy, was we were duck hunting one Sunday morning, and I'm sitting there, and it was like 11.30, and I said, well, dad, Vikings starting at noon, and he looks at me and goes, so? I said, well, I care a lot more about this Vikings game than shooting some <laughs> stupid ducks.
1: So, so that
0: was pretty much uh, where that ended. It and started, and ended, and then. But you know, I kind of, you know, Ballard's kind of got me into fishing again. Obviously, with him, and I've had some great memories. But to, uh, it's a long answer to say I I didn't do much of it growing up because I didn't find it to be all that much fun.
1: I we I, I think we had similar thought, and I I bring it up for a reason. I'll tell you a second. But the um yeah we were you know going out fishing, you know, or driving to Blacktail Dam. I grew up in Williston, it was about a thirty minute drive, a little bit uh, east and north. You know, perch all that, or Lake Darling, and mine out, zip over there, northern there, go to the Trenton bottoms, uh, you know, west of Williston a little bit, and we'd fish there. So fishing, you know, any, you know, if Dad had free time, oh, let's go. You know, half the half the fun on that was getting the worms the night before, you know, in the ground, or maybe there's some rain. So all of that was me. But but like you, every one of my friends. Hunters, bow hunters, right. you know, rifle hunter, all that. My cousins, oh my goodness, Corey and Casey and Mike and Joe, all my first cousins, all them hunters, and I mean hunters. I mean hunters to the 10th power, but I never was a hunter, a fisherman, so like you, I'm in the same boat. The only reason I bring it up, because I know we probably have a lot of people in the field tuning in, I was pulling into the, the Mode Mouse Mamet, all right, the Roadhouse Cafe, I don't yeah. even know how to rhyme that one, in grand book. It's... <laughs> And I don't think it's probably proper to have the word mouse in anywhere near your restaurant. Well, that's anyway, true. Yeah,
0: that's a good point.
1: <laughs> the, uh, so I'm pulling in there, and I always, it's kind of my little ritual. I, before I get to the jet center, we charter fly, and I, I can never eat the food that's offered for the flight. So I always stop at the, this cafe, which is part of like sea C-store, part of like a casino store. Oh, yeah. I don't know what it is. You've been there. It's like nine different buildings in one. And I ordered a bacon cheeseburger and a fry, and I get it to go. And I put it in my box. I come, park my car where I'm at right now, right next to the Jet Center. We get to park in the lawn, which feels cool. And I sit and eat and listen to the Jack Michael show or be on it. You know what I mean? So, But as I pulled up to that cafe, and it is packed today, I saw, I don't know how many, probably 16-year-olds, 17, 18, 20 fathers, sons, friends and friends, and everybody is geared up in, like, some sort of camouflage with some orange and some, you know, overalls, coveralls, and everybody's going hunting. Right. And I and I thought for a second, Derek, and we should try to live our lives without regrets. I look see that, and I think, I bet you I would have had fun doing that with my buddies and my cousins. <laughs> my cousins. You know what I mean? I just, like, the look in their faces. They had just finished a meal. It's like they probably just had a cheeseburger or a cup of good soup, you know, and a salad. And now they're getting into the trucks and whatever they're probably heading out to the field. I mean, now that's what October. That's October. Yeah, that's
0: it right there. No, for sure. I mean, well, I think, and you and I appreciate who we are speaking to, right? We're speaking to people, and I, I'm I'm sure you have hundreds of people telling you, "Hey, we're didn't listening to you in the in the game," yeah. right? I mean, it's it's. I think between that and and you know, men and women in combines and trucks hauling stuff and you know, sugar beet toppers or sugar lifters, tractors, whatever it might be, yeah, that's a pretty core audience for us right now, and there's no doubt on the fan and, you know, many of our sister stations. It's it's, it's pretty much gold uh, what you bring to the table. It there.
1: is, yeah. There's some that are working and some that are going yep. to play a little bit. <laughs> we got kids that are working to, to work play, but I, it, it's immediate. I get those thoughts in my mind. I got back in my car, and I'm about to have my cheeseburger, and I feel good. You know, you have a cheeseburger, the sun's out. You know, what's not to like. And, and, uh, and I'm thinking, I mean, those guys are, I mean, they're going to make, have some fun. They're, they're going to go out and uh, shoot right. a bird or two or what, you know, I'm thinking, I wish, I wonder what I would have been like if I'd been more like 50, 50, I was like a hundred percent fish, and not much hunting. So I, I, you know, I thought I'd bring it up today. So more power to those people, Derek, uh, everybody out there that is out there to, to get your pheasant or ducks or whatever you're going after. And, you know, be safe, obviously that that's the key. And, and, uh, I know that. <laughs> A lot of people out there, but uh, on the other note, Derek, you brought it up. D- did you see all of the all of the the scoring in football last night around the the state, oh, North yeah. Dakota?
0: Seventy I points. Mean, I mean, fifty <laughs> points, forty nine points and a loss.
1: Right, fifty five to forty. What what was that? Shanley State Mary's like fifty five to. Forty two right. there were two teams that scored forty points last night in North Dakota football and did not win. Think I, about that yeah. for a second.
0: I thought it was like the old uh you know early nineties whack on Thursday night football on ESPN with Marshall Falk in San Diego State <laughs> taking on Ty Detmer <laughs> and you know BYU and just you know, you name the score, whoever has the ball last wins. That's that's kind of right. what I was harkened to.
1: Yeah, and I know on the Minnesota side of things, I and you called this earlier. We saw some uh I know there was at least one forfeit uh, a couple nights ago, and it's the time of year, I don't know, where the matchups are. You know, it's the end of regular season for some, postseason for others, so on and so forth. And I don't know if it's that time of year where, you know, you probably get like a one seed that's that's playing, you know, a team that hasn't fared well, and maybe that just is on the schedule. But I don't know. I mean, the game we had on the fan, that, that's two good teams, Jamestown right. and North. North just seems like they're on a – just a little different platform right now Welk is a good QB how go is is obviously a difference maker I uh yeah I, I don't uh I don't know how um, people are gonna touch them that that's pretty good shanley the only undefeated team in 3a football uh, with their video game high profile IJ it's gonna be tough to see anybody I guess touch them uh, but anyway and you know we got round nine man and eight tomorrow but I I don't know the, the my question derek can i throw one out
0: yeah it's your show i mean i'm, I'm just here oh, that's right. i'm managing well, I
1: know, it. I, I, feel, <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I feel like when i'm on the road uh, eating a cheeseburger you yeah know, far away you know that's it it <laughs> only comes up this my my five-year memory popped up on Facebook today and it's it's uh D was in the big sky so i was i think i was in sacramento and i text tom miller and Paul Rawls. they said hey five years ago look at this we Remember that? It was the farting seal at this dock by Joe's Crab Shack and Old Sacktown Town. And, oh da, my da, da. and Tom Miller texts back and he goes, Yeah. And then James Johannesson rushed for 700 yards. You know, he was being a little facetious there, but James had a big thing. But it brought up this question, uh, Derek, for those of the listeners in Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, you name it. Uh, Who is the most dominant running back in high school? Oh, in the state of North Dakota or Minnesota, who was the most dominant running back, not not wide out, not QB, now just specifically running back in the history of of your particular state that you followed it in? Mm. And I think James Johannesson, I'm just going to throw this out there, is not a bad place to start in the state of North Dakota.
0: No, No, that's a good bet. No, he's there, man. I could... You know, a man was in this studio last Saturday morning. It wasn't a bad one himself that wore those same colors. Uh, Tony Satter,
1: Tony and, Satter, yeah. uh, coincidentally played at the same high school. Think yeah, exactly.
0: He- yeah, so he he wore the brown and gold at one point Yeah, he was that, on with that, Jay Bartley, who was on. You know, we'll be on tomorrow morning at eight a.m. to talk about. I know a lot of people uh, exciting for tailgating. Should be a nice weather for tailgating tomorrow. So all that going up in North <laughs> Fargo too. So, but that's one that th- stands out to me. Oh, the offensive coordinator for that certain team was wasn't a bad one for West Fargo.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs>
0: I, I, I called a few of his games. I, he was a man amongst boys when he was when Tyler Roll was playing for West Fargo. Yeah,
1: that's, I, I'll, I'll throw another one out, we're just you know, and, and Kindreds had some boys. That, there's some local. I mean, Class B or nine man A. Feel free. I mean, obviously, again, Derek, loaded question, but Bismarck High ran behind an offensive line that every one of them were championship wrestlers. It seemed like back in the day. So they're all like, you know, or tremendous foot. Greg Esslinger comes to mind, pretty right. good football player. Uh, and a, and a good blocker, but guys like Jake Miller that ran behind some of that. I mean, they'd only play a half of football because they'd be up by 40 points. So they, literally the numbers he put up, I'm just spitballing names now because we asked for running back only. Um, I guess we can look at the numbers and, and look at yardage and all that, but, uh, Minnesota side. I mean, I mean, probably need some help from our Minnesota uh, listeners.
0: Well, I'll tell you, a, a guy who wore the uh, forest green and gold himself, and uh, he haunted me from his freshman year all the way to uh, you know my my senior year. Well, so I'm trying to think, but I I, I was a year older than him. Jason Miller wasn't too bad for Manoa, and I think he had a few.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, that's <laughs> so. a great call. You know what? I'm uh, in a moment. I'm going to find out the real answer because. My broadcast partner, Mike Berg, just parked beside me in his truck. Yeah. And I'll guarantee you, I will guarantee you that he's probably got he's probably got a a former kid that played for him. I'm going to ask Mike right now. Mike, we're on live on the Jack Michael Show. The question today before we break is, greatest running back in the history of high school football? Now, whichever state they're at, you coached... Uh, You've coached a few running backs at Central today. Now, my my first guess was Johanneson of South, but put up big numbers. But hey, oh, oh, you're rocking North Dakota. Yeah, North. Yeah, in either one, you know. But for for us, North Dakota. For you, what do you think? Philip Moore. Philip
0: oh, Moore, Derek. <laughs> yeah. I knew Coach. Berger. That's not a bad one.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, that's a. Uh, it might be one of the fastest humans out of high school that we've
0: seen. Yeah. Wow! Yeah, I, I I forgot about that one. That's that's a yeah. good that's a good pull there. Yeah,
1: golly! So I'm glad I can leave that with you, Derek, to fill up that three five two seven zero. Well, that's pretty box. good.
0: That's pretty good. I, I, I'll I'll <laughs> roll through that too once I get the, that going. Because now we got Brad Schlossman coming up in just a bit. So you'll have wheels up coming up very soon. I know, my friend. So I, hopefully everything goes well and you can enjoy your time. And I, I want to say this to you before we go. You know, everyone's talking about the Gophers up there, but uh, on our sister station tomorrow, obviously. Uh, there's going to be a very interesting uh, game for the uh, Pig, you know, Floyd, the pig of Rosedale, and it can salvage the go for season. I mean, PJ could yep. lose the rest of his games, but if he finally beats Iowa, which he hasn't done yet, that would be a big win for him. So, you, gonna throw that you
1: out. Th- is it going to be, a, I mean, you can never say no because it's college football, and we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know. We have an idea. Yep. But you're right. They can salvage a lot, and he can, it, it could. Can it restart, jump start, re-energize? Pick your words. A program, uh, maybe. Yeah, for you sure. Know, road win at Kinnick. That, that's not a bad. No, that's a, start.
0: it's not an easy thing to do. There's no doubt. I mean, the Gopher fans still can't believe NDSU did it because they haven't done it in forever. Huh? You know. So, <laughs> right. I mean, uh, yeah, I'll leave you with this. A couple of text messages come in, and uh, this was named a few times, but. I remember when you had two guys and also one of my favorite amateur sports in the studio at the same time. Okay. Pre- Preston Lehman and Chase Morlock. One on each side Ooh, of the river.
1: Chase Morlock and Preston Lehman. Tremendous, yes.
0: Yeah. Ryan Smith is also thrown in and you know, his counterpart Wapiton, Adam Roland, we talked about this morning. So yeah, so oh. pretty good ones around here. But.
1: You know, you know, those days we just reeled off right there, we could build a team.
0: Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Well, and you, we we talked about Peter Haugo. I mean, you, you got Wob and Bomber fans. They can remember. And, you know, I think Dean played for Concordia, too, his uncle. So it's a. It, sure. Yeah, pretty good ones. Jack, you uh, you and the gang have a good one. Can't wait for the call tomorrow. As you know, I'll be glued to it. And uh, I know many people will be, too, probably as they're walking the Ralph fingers to the radio to download that KFGO app and you listen to the whole thing. So.
1: I do, too, and I'm glad you got Schloss on today to, to break that down. That's good. And Kyle Elfrink later to, for a little NFL. So good day to fly, Derek. We will be in touch, buddy, and uh, and have a great show.
0: All right, sounds good. Thank you very much. Jack Michaels, the voice Thank of UND you. Fighting Hawk football, also the host of the Jack Michaels Show. Derek Hansen with you. Again, Brad Schlossman coming up here on 740 The Fan.
2: Hello out there. We're on the air.
0: Well, I uh, play this and I get goosebumps doing this because I've really missed Travis Dunn this week. I've missed him as a friend for many, many uh, months now, no doubt. Certainly at the lake, we were on the same lake too. But uh, I think Brad Schlossman, Grand Forks, uh, UND beat writer would agree with me. It's just, it's... It's awfully tough to think about. Uh, we're, we're talking golfers and UND tonight at Ralph Engelstad Arena, not having our friend, the great uh, Travis Dunn, who passed away tragically, going back to uh, early this uh, spring, late winter, and I, I, I'm guessing you agree, Brad, uh, Derek Hansen with you. It, it just, it just seems weird that we're not talking about him. I mean, he'd probably be calling you for, you know, an interview on around the rink tomorrow morning.
3: I'd uh, definitely wish we were uh, going to go see him in the press box in a couple hours. Yeah. Um, that was that was a a fun way
0: to start the weekend. <laughs> and we always would have fun because you know me being a Western Minnesota kid, I was I was I'm a little bit more torn on this more because I pull for the Gophers to do well. I'm a, a native Minnesotan, but I grew up around here, so I got caught up in you know the water bottle incident when I was watching Big Eddie say "bop that bozo" and obviously the Hercus Circus, which was on TV quite a bit and. Those guys and Dan Hammer trying to conduct a <laughs> interview with those guys when they got back. I don't know if you remember that, but I think for me, it's a, it, I just much like the football game last week between NDSU and and UND, where I have so many you know mixed emotions about. It, it's kind of the same thing for me, but it's 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 number one versus number five. You can't ask for anything better because it wasn't that way, and even as early as what the fall of two thousand nineteen, that Thanksgiving weekend when that was just a joke at, but it's a lot different now.
3: Yeah, you know, Minnesota uh, that year had a, a pretty young uh, back end and UND had a, a really, really good team. They were, uh, you know, probably the best team in the country that year. And uh, But uh, obviously, uh, as that decor uh, grew up, uh, they became a, a, a much better team and uh, made it all the way to the title game last year. So, uh, no, but th- th- this is uh, two teams that look a lot different from last year, both of them, especially on the back end. UND has all eight defensemen are new. They completely turned over their decor, their goalies new um, Minnesota. Uh, they turned over their top three D are gone as well. And, and uh, Bob Moscow said another one of them that was returning is going to be out this weekend. So, uh, th- you know, uh, defensively, both teams are going to look quite a bit different than they did when these teams met a year ago. Um, up front, both teams have quite a bit of firepower. So, Uh, If you like goals, I I have a feeling we may see a few this weekend.
0: Well, no question, and but that's interesting because you mentioned the back end, and I think with you know with everything that's going on right now with UND, we've talked about the the defense and the goaltending for quite some time. But do they have the goaltender they want now? I mean, is it finally there for them? Do you think, or or what do you? What's your take on that?
3: Well, the the first weekend was a great start. You know, Ludvig Persson uh, came in and. Earned a shutout against Wisconsin, stopping 29 uh, shots. He uh, has a 9.52 save percentage, so th- that's a, a really good way to start for him. Um, both goals that went in from from Army were on the power play. We'll see where it goes from here. I, I think last year uh, there were nights where UND had really good goaltending, and but the consistency wasn't as high as it needs to be, and and a lot of that was the the defense in front. Um, they. Uh, There were a lot of nights they didn't help out the goaltending. So I think it works hand-in-hand. UND, a really good start for uh, weekend number one. But, you know, I'd like to see a larger sample size here before making too many uh, grand judgments over uh, two games.
0: You know, we talk about some of the turnover that you had in the defensive side or whatever, but, boy, some guys are coming back. And, you know, maybe two guys that will be in contention for the Hobie Baker Award with, obviously, a Jackson Blake for UND and then Snugrood for... Uh, the Gophers, that's going to be a fun little thing to watch tonight and tomorrow.
3: You know, both teams have that firepower up front, and, and those are two guys that uh, are going to be at the the center of it. Snuggerud scored four goals for the first weekend. Uh, Jackson Blake had a great start. They both had really good rookie seasons, I thought, in the Saturday night game last year uh, at Mariucci. Uh, you probably could make a really good argument that those guys were the two best players on their teams. Uh, Snuggerud, I I thought, was Minnesota's best player uh, that night. And Jackson Blake was fantastic for UND. So they've played well in this uh, rivalry game. Both sides have a couple freshmen that are going to be excellent players. Oliver Moore uh, coming in for uh, Minnesota here. He's a first-round pick. Jaden Perron is an outstanding freshman for UND. So um, there's there's a lot of uh, high-end players that are going to be on the ice this weekend.
0: You know, when you look at what's going on, you know, with this too, this is better for college hockey that Minnesota is relevant. And maybe some of UND f- fans don't like to hear that, but, you know, ha- them being in the championship game last year I, and, you know, getting ready for a matchup like this, because it wasn't as much fun when, you know, the building was empty when you and I were at 3M Arena, as I mentioned, in 2019. And all of a sudden, boom, here we go. Everything's good. It's just I think the fact that the Big Ten has stepped up their game a little bit to try to compete with the NCHC, this is just better for the sport in general, isn't it?
3: Well, you know, you kind of knew that was going to happen. Just if you think of the resources that uh, uh, Minnesota and a lot of the other Big Ten schools have, uh, it's kind of uh, surprising that it started so slow uh, the first how many years of, of the league. Um, I mean, we're at 10 years in and there still hasn't been a national title winner from the big 10, but obviously the, the big 10 had a really good year last year. So I, I think that was kind of inevitable that uh, they were going to rise up just when you know, the the history tradition of the programs and also the resources they put in.
0: When you look at everything that's going on right now with the, uh, you know, the transfer portal and whatever, I mean, uh, who are the winners and losers on that? Cause what you see right now, and you're seeing a lot of sports, but, the portal taketh and it also giveth too, and you know UND has been kind of benefiting from it. Even though they lose once a guy once in a while, It's certainly you know you look at that arena; it can't hurt them at all.
3: It's a, it can be a two way street. I mean, it's you know uh, all sorts of different teams can take advantage of it. <clears throat> Some teams lose guys; you're able to find uh, guys to replace them, and that's what happened with UND this offseason. Uh, they lost a bunch of guys in the portal. They went and replaced them with a bunch of guys in the portal. Um, So I think that's kind of the new normal in college athletics. The one thing I think that will change, though, uh, a very large number of players entering the portal, like over 40%, are guys who only have their COVID year left. So there will be one more year with a lot of players in the portal. After that, it's going to drop off significantly, I I believe. So it it might not be quite as um active but that being said i i still think there will be uh teams going out and getting players and, and getting some older players to fill holes so uh the the last team to win a national championship without a single transfer on their roster was und in 2016
0: well so, un- unbelievable um yeah. and
3: in 2017 denver won it uh, they had one transfer who did not play an important role uh, since then, every team had a very, very vital player. Um, you know, first line center, leading scorer. Like last year, Quinnipiac, Colin Graf, their best player was a transfer. They had, you know, like three transfers on D. Um, that's. Uh, the teams are. It's impacting the game big time.
0: Yeah, no question. How does it affect recruiting, like, you know, either high school or junior guys in Canada? I mean, because <laughs> they have to. You have to focus on retention, and then also you have to keep your eyes open for a kid. If you're going to get a scholarship, you may want that kid from even within your conference that may want to make a move. It's got to be a little bit more of a whack-a-mole than it's ever been. Uh,
3: definitely. And uh, with the fifth year, uh, some kids, you're probably just not, you know, there's some kids who probably aren't playing Division One who maybe otherwise would have because the number of roster spots doesn't turn over as much as it. Uh, normally would when guys have five years of eligibility instead of four. Um, You know, one thing that UND has been able to do with some of their recruits in the portal or some of their recruits is give them an extra year of junior hockey. Uh, They've had, uh, they have a defenseman who's in uh, Youngstown right now named Andrew Strathman. He could have come in this year, but there were some things for him to round out in his game. Uh, I, I think the coaching staff likely felt that, uh, it might not be ideal for him to come this year. There might be some struggles. So he's able to go back for one more year to Youngstown before he comes and they can go and get a fifth year senior to play one year and allow him to develop more. So that is a way uh, the portal can be used is to uh, maybe not bring a guy when he's not ready.
0: Interesting. Brad Schlossman with us. UND hockey beat writer for a long time for the Grand Forks Herald. If you want to read his stuff there, Derek Hansen with you and, uh, as far as uh, any other young stars, you mentioned some guys you know, in the USHL, maybe they come up. Who else has impressed you so far as maybe some of the incoming freshmen or transfers that maybe we haven't heard of them within the first uh, weekend, for, first full weekend of regular season play, but we will down the road?
3: Well, I think uh, one of the guys who had a, a nice start is uh, defenseman Jake Levanovich. He's an uh, undrafted guy. He's, he's not – very big he might maybe like 5 10 something like that uh, but he can skate and right now they have him running the second power play unit and it, it's not super common to have a freshman running one of the power play units so I, I, I think Livanovich has a really bright future um, I'm sure he'll go through ups and downs as a freshman like they all do but uh, he had a great start the first weekend and, you know, he's a guy I think that uh, UND fans probably will be excited to see as he grows uh, during his four years here.
0: I got to ask you to finish things up here. What's this week been like up in Grand Forks? I mean, obviously you're from this area, but you you have been up in Grand Forks for quite some time now and covering both football and uh, hockey. I mean, between the NDSU win, then, you know, Wisconsin later that night, which is, you know, maybe one of the more under – rated rivalries going back to the WCHA days people kind of forget about it. of course how ironic it was that they had Kerry Eads uh <laughs> you know the, the honoring him that night but and then of course it's go for week two I mean it's got to be just uh, pretty euphoric up there
3: yeah I think uh fans had a really good time last Saturday night um <laughs> you know they uh It started early with uh, tailgating out at the football game. Uh, Obviously, the the fans were pretty excited about how that game went. Uh, And then they were able to come watch a a really good hockey game at night. Uh, You know, Bubba Schweiger came over to the hockey game and, uh, you know, the the cameras uh, panned to him sitting in the crowd and uh, the the place went nuts. So that had to be a, a cool moment for Bubba. Um, he gave a couple of fist bumps, and they uh, fist pumps, and they uh, got going even more. Oh,
0: I could imagine. Um, that gives and, me goosebumps uh, thinking about it. That's cool.
3: <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, the hockey team delivered a shutout, and then, right as you said, it rolls right into Minnesota weekend. So uh, fans are pretty excited to see some uh, more really good hockey games this weekend. So uh, it's been a, a busy sports week uh, for the sports writers. We're just trying to keep our head above water with all the. Uh, all the content uh, we're, we're we're working on but uh, uh, no I think the fans uh, have really enjoyed the last uh, week here
0: well the only I'll finish up by asking you then you know what is the situation what does it uh this weekend mean it's only mid-october when you're looking at pairwise and whatever I mean it, it is kind of important that you win some of these non-conference games obviously
3: it, it is that's uh, you know non-conference games are really important in the pairwise rankings it seems weird to be talking about like the NCAA selection process and pairwise a week into the season, but the reality is these games are extremely important. And UND, the reason they missed the tournament last year was they dug themselves too big of a hole in the first half. In the second half, they played more than well enough to make the tournament. They were 12-6-2 down the stretch. That's more than good enough to be in the tournament but they buried themselves too big of a hole in the first half. So these games are important. And um, I I think both teams will probably, with some of the new players, they're going to try to be peaking in the second half. Uh, But these are uh, important games uh, come the end of the season.
0: Well, it should be a fun one, that is for sure. Again, for us, uh, selfishly, we got uh, tomorrow night's game is on 740 The Fan, tonight on KFGO, and, of course, I'm sure you'll be – Tweeting or Xing or whatever they call it now and uh, keeping everything up to date on the Grand Forks uh, webpage as well, I'm sure, right?
3: Yeah, everything will uh, be on grandforksherald.com. So uh, hopefully we have uh, enough coverage to uh, have to work this afternoon. <laughs>
0: All right, sounds good. You take care of yourself, Brad. Thanks so much for being with us as always.
3: Perfect. Thanks, Derek.
0: You bet. Brad Schlossman with us here. Derek Hansen with you again. Tomorrow night on The Fan, tonight on KFGO, it's UND Hockey against the Gophers. 6.30 is the pregame show tonight. Tim Hennessy with the call, as always. More to come here. Derek Hansen in for Jack Michaels on The Jack Michaels Show on 740 The Fan. Welcome back to the Jack Michaels Show. Derek Hansen with you. Jack's on the road with the UND Fighting Hawk football team as they take on Northern Iowa tomorrow, 3 o'clock, the pregame show on our sister station, 740 The Fan. It's a pleasure to have with us our fantasy guru, and that's Kyle Elfrink. Hello, Kyle. How are you?
2: Derek, I am uh, well and uh, that Jack Michaels man he never he never stops uh, driving around the country He's
0: you a know big man. Time, I know. Right? Well, <laughs> he goes right from the Redhawks into UND football right into UND women's basketball. so there's really no rest of the wicked. Then I I literally try to kick him out of here you know late March April right because I'm just like this is your window, right I mean th- this month and change from about the last you know from the Class B tournament, which wraps up kind of the sports calendar for high school sports in North Dakota. All right, and he does that, obviously, he does high school games, too. And then we go, you know, and he's got a, about a month and a half, and then the Redhawks start again. So it's just <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. you, you gotta. Yeah. It, it, it's not like I don't want him here, but, you know, we all need time it, off, don't we,
2: usually? Yeah, he, he's got to get like what you and I are, just stay in one spot and kind of enjoy the world as yeah. it passes
0: by. <laughs> of course, I'm told I'm here too much. I maybe need to get on the road more, but that's a whole different story within itself. Uh, last night, Jaguars-Saints, it was kind of an interesting way to kick off the season. Uh, was Kamara back? I didn't catch a lick of it. I was in bed pretty early, but uh, w- what a wild game, huh?
2: Yeah, it was pretty wild. And what's kind of wild about the NFL this weekend, uh, that game I think had opened at like 39.5 points um, on the Vegas over-under, and there's something like five or six games this week that are 40 or lower. Uh, which is just incredible in the NFL. You think the Iowa Hawkeyes were playing, in, you know, a few games <laughs> of this weekend in the NFL, but I mean, those are just numbers we don't see. Like last weekend was very quiet for quarterbacks. It saw a lot of low scores, and you know, to your point on Thursday night football, that that game was not expected to be in the mid fifties. It it ended up at fifty five, and you know, the Saints looked very rough. I thought for three quarters, and Derek Carr seemed extremely frustrated, and. You know, I, I watched that game, and I, I said it this morning. The one thing I walk away from is just thinking, man, Derek Carr, you got to get a, a handle on your emotions. You know, you're the veteran quarterback, you're the leader. When when the hurricanes surrounding you, you're supposed to be the the stable buoy, if you will. But uh, he was anything but. They got some late touchdowns, but uh, didn't really have the the uh, the, the uh, you know push to get over the line. Foster Moreau, the tight end, dropped the touchdown at the end of the game. I, I didn't think Jacksonville played particularly well. Um, Good to see Travis Etienne. He's got three straight games now uh, with at least two touchdowns. So he's on a roll. Who isn't on a roll, though, is Calvin Ridley. Uh, Been a rough, rough season. Had one catch for five yards last night. And I was looking at it, Derek, his last dozen games. And remember, he missed all of last season with that gambling suspension. But his last 12 games, uh, he doesn't even have 60 catches. I think he's got two touchdowns at like 600 yards. Um, He has been a big disappointment for the most part this season.
0: Yeah, uh, interesting. You mentioned NTN. I liked him at Clemson a lot. I was actually surprised he didn't go out early, but it seems to be benefiting him now, unlike many running backs who try to get out, get their money because they know their shelf life isn't very long now in the National Football League.
2: Yeah, he was never pushed very hard at Clemson and you know, so many of those teams, um, you know, with Clemson, okay, it's a good program and you throw to win, and then okay, well, we're gonna run late. Clemson blew out so many teams that Etienne often went to the sideline in sure. the late third quarter, fourth quarter. So he does not have a lot of mileage on him. Um, he's he's a guy who coming into the year, people thought Tink Bigsby uh, would take some of the goal line work, but we have yet to see that. Bigsby's you know not even been intruding on Etienne's work, and Etienne's a good example of something I always talk about. Um, you know, I, I constantly preach, give me quantity. I want quantity, and and he gets it. But what's interesting is. The first four weeks this season, I think he had about 70 carries in those four games and didn't have a single touchdown. But the last three games, he's had about 60 carries and has six touchdowns. With running backs, it usually evens out. You know, there there are your prime examples. Oh, this guy, well, it didn't even out for him. You know, we have a couple of those every year. But for the most part, if your guy's not scoring now, as long as he's getting the football, as long as he's getting the work, you can count on that scoring to follow. And it certainly has with ET in the last few weeks.
0: I'm going to jump ahead to Monday night's game. Obviously many people, Viking fans are on here. I mean, no, Justin Jefferson, you're facing one of the, if not the best defense in the NFL. Do you want to play many Vikings? Do you want to play Addison? <laughs> I mean, I'm being serious about this because I just, yeah. it's its not a great matchup. We've seen this movie before.
2: Well, and, and the problem is, you know, maybe I would be willing to, to, to go with an Osborne or a, to go with uh, Addison here in this week if we saw anything against the Bears last week. Right. I mean, that Bears defense is nothing special. And I'm not saying the Vikings should have scored 35 points, but they just really had a fight on their hands. And, and sure, they got 19 points, but as you know, uh, defensively, uh, a touchdown came there. So the offense didn't do anything all day long. It was nice to see Addison get into the end zone, but he was very quiet outside of that touchdown catch. Um, I would recommend anybody with Vikings. Uh, there's probably a better route to point. I don't see the 49ers. You know, they lose last week, but it was nothing. Their defense, their defense is, you know, a wolf let loose. There's still a very strong uh, 11 on that side of the football. So Cousins, Madison, Addison, uh, Osborne, those guys are probably on your bench. You have to play Hawkinson. I would assume, but overall, I just don't think the Vikings are in a good spot whatsoever. Uh, Worth noting, and you followed it, I'm sure, McCaffrey, we'll have to see his practice uh, routine today. I kind of feel he won't play on Monday, and for people who own him, um, understand the risk. If you wait around on Monday, you may get a guy who's not active. Uh, One way you could try to cover for that is maybe you pick up Cam Akers, and at least you have somebody that you can play on Monday night, if indeed we find out. Monday afternoon or right at game time, that McCaffrey's not going to give it a go against the Bikes.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see the Cam Akers-Madison thing, because Madison's, you know, he's been effective, but not consistently, and it just seems like there's a little bit more juice when Akers gets the ball, and I I only thought Ty Chandler would get more of a run, but I don't know what's going on there, but uh, he's been kind of squeezed out here.
2: Yeah, I think all three guys should be given an opportunity, and I know Madison's been waiting around for a few years, and And they want to give him the the leash, and he's obviously the guy who's been there the longest and knows the system and has waited his turn, if you will. You know, they signed him as a free agent knowing they were going to give him this job. And um, I guess to their credit, they've they've given him a few games to to prove what he can do. Obviously, the team's record is kind of uh, creating a lot more pressure to find a guy in that backfield. You go out and you get acres. Like you said, Chandler's kind of been MIA. I I would tend to think as we get deeper into the season, unless Madison just really – Explodes and takes off. I, I think we're going to see a lot more of Acres and of Chandler as we get into the double-digit weeks, um, and and especially as the record maybe deteriorates for the Vikings, uh, we could see them make a, a big move in that direction to to both Acres and uh, and Chandler down the stretch.
0: Couple more things here for Kyle Elfrink, our our big fantasy guru here on the Jack Michael Show. Derek Hansen filling in for Jack, who's on the road with a UND football. Um, We have coming up here on the fan Sunday, I think one of the more intriguing matchups in the NFL this weekend. And it's, I I was kind of surprised it's a noon kickoff central time. It's the Lions at the Ravens. And I I just, I'm kind of curious about this game because, you know, Ravens history of always having good defenses. No doubt Detroit does. They win games in trenches. How do you think that goes? I mean, you talked about over under, is there going to be a lot of scoring in this one? Do you think?
2: Yeah, it, well, I, I think. It, gosh, I wish I had that in front of me. I remember looking. That's not. It's not in the low 30s or high 30s, I should say, but it's in the low 40s, which was a little surprising to yeah. me. I think we'll see a little more offense than that number might indicate. Um, with the Ravens, it is still you know, there was so much hype about Todd Monk and the new offensive coordinator coming in this season and how they were going to kind of change the system and Lamar Jackson would be more of a thrower and they were adding Odell Beckham. They had drafted say Flowers. They'd have a healthy Mark Andrews, all so on and so forth. They've really just gone back to being the same old Ravens the last two or three weeks, which means this. Lamar Jackson is probably a better fantasy player now because they're the same old Ravens. They're needing him to, again, run with the football. They've been, again, beat up in the backfield. They, they don't have any of the guys they thought. J.K. Dobbins is hurt. Uh, they've released a couple of guys. They haven't gotten anything. Uh, Justice Hill's limping around. He hasn't given them much, even when he's on the football field. So they've had to, again, rely on Lamar Jackson. And with that receiving crew in Baltimore, outside of the rookie Zay Flowers, nobody else has really done anything for the Ravens. Even Andrews has been inconsistent. So the Ravens are returning to to kind of what they were trying to get away from, which again, for fantasy purposes, I think you're happy if you own Lamar Jackson. And the Ravens are still winning a very competitive team. I think on the Detroit Lions side, it does sound like Jameer Gibbs is going to give it a go. He's missed the last two weeks with a hamstring injury. Uh, But I saw Dan Campbell today said that uh, Gibbs is a guy they're going to have to give some work to. So all those who maybe picked up uh, Craig Reynolds, thinking he would get some work this week for the Lions, doesn't sound like it. Gibbs is back, and Gibbs is probably good for at least 15 touches in this game. I, I think you're going to see Detroit in the 20s. I think the Ravens are going to have to catch up to them in this game. But to your point, Derek, I, I think it is one of the highlight games of the week. Probably not up there with you know a Miami Philadelphia matchup. Right? But certainly, it's probably the second or third best matchup on the schedule this weekend.
0: When I you know Miami and Philadelphia don't play very often. And I think you know, a lot of people might be wondering if this is uh, you know, who would have thunk maybe a Super Bowl preview or whatever, but mm-hmm. what do you think of when you think of uh, Miami and Philadelphia playing in football in the NFL? I,
2: I still I still have a little bit of a question mark, and this is going to sound silly because if you watch the Dolphins, anybody who's seen them is like, how in the hell can anybody stop them? But I have a bit of a question as to what the Dolphins can do against teams like the Eagles. They went to Buffalo earlier this year, and it was night and day. You know, last week against Carolina, or. You know, earlier in the season when they're blown up for 70 against Denver, I mean, obviously they've got talent, they've got speed, they know how to draw it up, but what will they do in this matchup against a better defense? I, I think Philadelphia, to me, is a, a pretty strong favorite for Sunday night. I kind of worry about the Dolphins going on the road to Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia got a wake-up call with last week and the loss to the Jets. So I, I kind of feel strongly about Philadelphia in this game. Um, that being said, you know, we are talking about the Vikings, and it's like, okay, sit this guy, sit this guy. Even if I don't like the Dolphins in this game to win, all of these guys play. So Tua plays, Tyree Kill plays, it sounds like Jalen is going to be fine. Uh, Same thing on the Eagles, running backs, all these guys play. When you are in a game environment like that one should present, Sunday night, probably looking at 50-plus points on the scoreboard, all your guys, if you're 50-50 on a guy and he's in that game, that guy goes into your starting lineup on Sunday.
0: Well, I'll ask you it this way. So... When I think of the Eagles and the uh when I think of the Eagles and Dolphins playing there's a movie I think of right away from the early 90s Ace Ventura Pet Detective that was supposed to be the Super Bowl <laughs> I was
2: trying to say I was thinking yeah. Ace Mature of course, with the Dolphins. I couldn't recall the Eagles. Yeah, and was the they were
0: supposed to be the
2: Super Bowl opponents. Yeah,
0: because I mean, just it's not one of those matchups you see very often, right? A AFC versus <laughs> NFC matchup like that, and so that's what I think of all the time. And of course,
2: well, hopefully, yeah. Jim Carrey can come out of the woodwork, yeah. and show up on Sunday night. We, I feel like he's he's disappeared from the face of the earth. The that's last true. Few
0: years. And Dan Marino can make a you know a yeah. cameo and all that good stuff. So.
2: Bring his isotoner gloves right the to the field. Perfect.
0: <laughs> All right, my friend. You take care. We'll talk to you again next week, and we'll do it again. And people want to find your stuff, where can they do that?
2: Fantasy Guru. I uh, just did a podcast earlier this morning. It's up and available on their website. I'll be on SiriusXM throughout the weekend, certainly Sunday night. Catch me. Uh, we'll do the full recap of everything that uh, went down, not only the Eagles and Dolphins, but everything else on Sunday. So we'll do that Sunday night, uh, 10 o'clock central is when we get going with that one. and. And then uh, I'll be talking throughout the week next week, just just following more footballs. We get to the halfway point, believe it or not, of the
0: season. That's unbelievable. All right. Thank you very much, my friend. We'll talk to you again soon.
2: Stay uh, stay calm and uh, cool, collected. Have a good weekend, and we'll talk to you soon.
0: And yeah, you know where I live. We'll be staying cool very soon, unfortunately. That's a whole different story. <laughs> you
2: don't have a choice. <laughs> yeah, <do> exactly.
0: <laughs> All right, Kyle, we'll talk to you again. Bit El Kyle Elfrink again, our fantasy guru on the Jack Michael show. Derek Hansen in for Jack, and we'll wrap things up with our good friend Paul on a Friday. Hello, Paul. Hello, Derek. How you doing? Predict, happy Friday. Happy I'm Friday to you. The Vikings
2: versus the 49ers first. The uh, Vikings are going to be 49er, the 49ers at home. The uh, 34 24. Oh, wow. And then the Sunday versus Packers. Vikings are going
0: to be the Packers 34-24. Oh, so you feel good about them going into Lambeau and Jordan Love, huh? Okay.
2: Yep. So, and I'll see you on Tuesday.
0: All right. Sounds good, my friend. Take care of yourself. Goodbye. Uh, you bet. You All right. This has been the Jack Michaels Show here on this fabulous Friday afternoon. Again, Jack, kind of going through the schedule, we got a busy week ahead and weekend ahead for you. As, uh, as I mentioned, if you're looking for UND hockey, if you're out and about like I will be, uh, tonight's going to be on KFGO. Tomorrow night's going to be right here on 740 The Fan. Tomorrow afternoon here on 740 The Fan, we got high school football. Kindred taking on Harvey Wells County. And then coming up on Sunday, we got uh, uh, Sunday night football. You mentioned that Eagles-Dolphins game. That's going to be over on uh, KFGO. And we got uh, baseball here. As we know, there's going to be a game six, so it's going to be the American League Championship Series. And just so, it's a, it's a busy time. That's just all there is to a busy time here. Force Hockey over on 101.9 Jack FM. And as we mentioned, that football game where the host of this show is going to be doing, which will be an interesting one coming up this weekend with Northern Iowa hosting UND after UND's emotional home win against NDSU last week. For Jack Michaels, I'm Derek Hanson. We'll see you again Monday. Dr. Phil will join us. We'll uh, talk to him about all things that's going on in the world of sports. Hopefully, there's not too many injuries to talk about. So, we'll have that for you coming up and kind of recap, see if we have a World Series set up yet or not, and preview the Vikings taking on the 49ers on Monday Night Football. Of course, that game's going to be on our sister station, KFGO, as well, 6 o'clock. So, will have a little ESPN radio in the afternoon for you because the the Fan Radio Network, they do kind of their own Viking things as well. But again, for Jack Michaels, I'm Derek Hansen. We'll catch you again next week. Have a great weekend. I'll see you again tomorrow if you want to tune in to the Green and Gold Game Day show with Jay Bartley. That'll be on 8 a.m. tomorrow morning right here on 740 The Fan and 740thefan.com. Common Man on the way.